This is part five of our Rebrand You series. We started with Abraham. God rebranded him. His name was Exalted Father. God said, that's not big enough. And what we learned in the story of Abraham is that sometimes God rebrands us, and in doing so, he raises our expectation to a higher place. He calls us to open the door to the expectation of more. And then God rebrands Sarah in the second part of our series. And when God changed her name, what we discover is that sometimes when God rebrands us, he confronts us with the fact that we thought less of ourselves than God thought of us. We thought we were insignificant, but God saw us as being significant. And we also learn that sometimes we see others the way Sarah saw herself and even the way Abraham saw Sarah. And sometimes God is calling us to rebrand others and to think differently about the way we speak to others and about the way we relate to others. And then in the third week, God rebrands Jacob and names him Israel. And I want to stop here for a second and draw out a piece of significance that we did not notice two weeks ago when we talked about Jacob. Because what God does in Genesis 32, when he encounters Jacob on that side of the river, is more than simply change Jacob's name. He says to him in Genesis chapter 32, verse 28, And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and men and have prevailed. It sounds like all God did was rebrand Jacob. But actually what God did in that encounter was rebrand the entire nation. Yeah. Because without that moment, without that rebrand, the nation of Israel would not be known as the nation of Israel. They'd be called the nation of Jacob. They're called the nation, and they were called the children of Israel because they were the children of Jacob. That is, when God rebranded Jacob, hmm. he actually rebranded the entire nation. Yeah, yeah. I, I want you to get that. Jacob, his name was Swindler. His name was uh, Hustler, one who grabs the heel. And had God not intervened in his life and changed his name, hmm. the entire nation of Israel would be known as the children of Swindler, hmm. the children yeah. of Hustler. Yeah. God intervened not only in Jacob's life, mm. but on behalf of the entire community that would come from Jacob. Mm. And from that day forward, his sons and daughters were known as the children of Israel. Yeah. From that day forward, every family that came from his sons and daughters were called the children of Israel. And eventually, after God delivered them out of Egypt, brought them through the Red Sea, took them to Sinai and made covenant with them and, and spoke to Moses on the mountain and gave them the Ten Commandments, he made them at that moment the nation, not of Jacob, but of Israel. Yeah. That is, there comes a moment in which when God rebrands one individual, it changes a whole community. And today what we're talking about is not God rebranding you as an individual, but God rebranding us as a community. Now, if you go all the way back to Abraham and you see God's interaction with Abraham there in Genesis chapter 17, the whole transaction by which God changed Abraham's name mm. was designed to bring him from thinking as an individual 
Yeah, yeah. To thinking in terms of the community that would come from mm. him. Up until that point, he thought about how God could bless me, and all he wanted was just one son. But God visits him first in Genesis 15 and takes him outside and says, look up at the stars and count them, if you can count them. And then he says, so shall your offspring be. God is already implanting in his mind that this is not just about you, that this is not just about your immediate family, that this is not just about a couple kids in your household, but what I've intended for you, what I've intended to come from you is a multitude of nations, a multitude of people. It's about the community that comes from you. It's not about where you are right now. It's about where you're going. It's about what's coming from you. Yeah. And it, even as it is today, what a rebrand does mm. is it repositions you mm. to have influence and relevance for generations to come. God had to change Jacob's name so that Jacob's brand could have relevance and power for the generations to come. I was, uh, I was, I've been watching these documentaries about the Royal family in England. And, uh, do you know that they're called the house of Windsor right now? And Queen Victoria founded the house of Windsor in 1917. (laughs) But before that they were called the house of Gotha, which is a German name. But in 1917, on March 3rd, there was a group of German bombers who left Belgium, German-occupied Belgium, early in the morning, and they bombed the crap out of the city of London. And guess what their name was? They were called the Gotha Bombers. (laughs) And so at this time in England's history, everything German became anathema. And it became apparent to the royal family that if they were to survive, if there was going to be any ongoing relevance for future generations, they would have to rebrand. Mm. They would have to acquire a new name. They would have to shed the name that they had had for decades in that dynasty. And they would have to acquire a new name that spoke to the heart of the people that they were called to serve, that spoke to their core values Mm. as as a family, as a dynasty. And they came up with the House of Windsor, which was the location where Windsor Castle is. And they named themselves after that location because of all that that name Windsor connoted for the people of England. And it was a brilliant move. What it actually did was it set the royal family in England up to really be the only monarchy that survived in Europe. Throughout the, the 19th, throughout the 20th century. Wow. And so what a rebrand does is it repositions a community huh. to have ongoing effectiveness and relevance huh. for generation to come. to come. Wow. Yeah. Now, if you look at who we are as living hope, yeah. what is our core? At the core of who we are really is this verse in Psalm 145, I believe it's verse 5, that says, one generation shall commend your works to another. Yeah, it's, it's verse 4. Psalm 145, verse 4, that says, One generation yeah. shall commend your works yeah. to another. Yeah. If I think of who we are and what is at the core of our, our community, our core value, yeah. it's 
part of our core value is looking back to what has been handed down, receiving it, and looking forward to what's coming and handing it off. It's we're constantly receiving from what has come before us and handing on to what is coming after us. It's one generation declaring his works to another. Another. Constantly, one generation declaring his works to another and telling of all of his mighty works. And this goes all the way back to the time of Joshua, to the time of Moses, to the time of Abraham. What did God tell Joshua? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it it day and night, and you shall teach it to your children. And then you will be successful in all you do. That that concept of teaching it to your children, of giving it to the next generation. At the core of who we are, we are not this avant-garde, new thing, the the new generation as if the old has become obsolete, putting away the old, the old is done. No, 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 no. We stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us. We honor the generations that have gone before us and we bear the testimony that they carried. We have taken the torch, yes, but it does not make what has come before us obsolete. It makes it even more relevant. What we do is we make what has come before us relevant once again for the here and now. And then we hand it to the next generation who take what we have carried and make it relevant for the next generation. And so what tends to happen in the body of Christ is we get caught up in methods. We get caught up in names. We get caught up in the way we've always done it. You know, I I, I, I grew up in a church and I watched my church become irrelevant. And it was, wow. it was so painful yeah. and it was so scary to me yeah. that I watched us cling to the way we did it since 1944 yeah. and sing the same songs that we were singing in 1944. Yeah, yeah. And we, we had the same setup that we had in 1944, but the world had moved on, but we were not moving with the world. It was not about a lineage of faith. It was not about a, li- a living legacy. It was not about figuring out how do we communicate this to generations that are coming yeah. so that we make sure that we do not lose the testimony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8, the author of Hebrews speaks of Abraham. Yeah. And it says by faith when call, Abraham when called to go to a place that he would later receive as his inheritance, yeah. obeyed and went even though he didn't know where he was going. Yeah. So the first thing that we learn about the legacy of Abraham's faith is that he was willing to obey God even apart from his understanding. Mm -hmm. Meaning, I'm going to go where God tells me to go. I'm going to do what God tells me to do, even if I don't get it. He obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. And then it goes on to say, by faith, he dwelt as a stranger in the land of promise. So he's in the land that actually belongs to him by promise, but he's living there as a stranger and as a foreigner. He dwelt in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. And then it goes on to talk about Sarah. And even Sarah received strength to bear children. Yeah. Right? And then he finishes that passage by saying, So from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky and of the sands of the sea. So from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants, descendants, keep that word in mind, as numerous as the stars of the sky and of the sands of the sea. 
Now, from an Old Testament perspective, when you talk about the descendants of Abraham, you're talking about the literal nation of Israel, the people of Israel. But Paul tells us in Romans chapter 6 that it is the faith of Abraham that makes us descendants of Abraham. Because in Genesis chapter 15, verse 7, first of all, God promises him children as numerous as the stars of the sky. And verse 7 says, And Abram believed the Lord, and he accounted it to him as righteousness. Abram believed the Lord. And what Paul tells us is that what God wants to multiply and hand down from generation to generation is the faith of Abraham. Yeah, yeah. That is, it is a legacy of faith that is handed down from one generation to the next generation. If at the core of the inheritance that we have to pass down from generation to generation is the faith yeah. of Abraham. Yeah. And our goal is to teach our generation how to believe God, yeah, to teach yeah, our generation yeah. how to stand upon the promises, yeah, yeah. to teach our generation how don't be afraid, just believe. You always hear Pastor Sonny talk about that from Mark 5, 36, where Jesus is walking with Jairus to go heal his daughter. And they come and say, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your little girl is dead. Yeah. But Jesus turns to Jairus and says, don't be afraid, just yeah. believe. What's the goal of that sermon? To teach us how to walk in the faith yeah. of Abraham. At yeah, the core yeah. of our community mm. is this legacy of faith, mm. this living legacy of faith, yeah. learning how to believe yeah. God. Yeah. When I was a little boy growing up in the church that I grew up in, yeah. I watched my pastor walk through multiple tragedies and disasters yeah. and continue believing God. Wow. Her husband died before I was born. And she continued to believe God. When I was about 12 years old, her 35-year-old son died tragically in a motorcycle accident. And I remember thinking, she's got to be questioning God. All I've done is serve you with my life. Why would you take my son from me? But she stood up and said, I'll never forget it. She said, I determined long ago that I would never question God. Yeah. And I'm not going to start today. Wow. Her daughter died when I was in my early 20s. She was 50 years old. Wow. And she died of cancer. And I thought, she's got to be questioning God now. I mean, she lost her husband. She lost her son. She lost one of her daughters. Her other daughter had a debilitating stroke. I mean, there's been nothing but tragedy after tragedy after tragedy after tragedy for this family. But I, I, I'll never forget going to church that Sunday. I thought, what's she going to say? And she stood up before the congregation and she said, I determined long ago that I would never question God. And I'm not going to start today. Yeah. And she said, am I in pain? Yes. And she wept openly before. She was yeah. deeply grieving. Yeah. She, she never suppressed her grief. It was yeah. never the kind of faith that denied reality yeah, or yeah, yeah. pretended that this wasn't the case. Yeah. No, she accepted the reality and she grieved yeah. deeply. But through her grieving, she always turned towards God, never yeah. against him, yeah. towards God, never away from God. Yeah. And I saw her that day. I thought, I've never seen such strong faith before. Yeah, yeah. She said, I will not doubt, though all my ships at sea come sailing home with broken masts and sails. I will trust the hand that never fails. And she, she talked about how deeply she believes God. She trusts God no matter what. Yeah. You know what I learned watching that? I learned how to believe. Yeah, yeah. I said, that's the kind of faith that I want. Yeah. Not the kind of faith that denies reality, yeah. but the kind of faith 
that embraces reality and turns toward God, yeah. regardless of what the reality yeah. is. I saw that faith in my mother growing up. Yeah. When we walked through the most difficult times as a family, I remember hearing my mother in the living room weeping and crying in the middle of the night. I would come out, Mommy, are you okay? And she would just smile and say, Yes, son, I'm okay. Everything's okay. Go back to bed. And she would be on her face crying out to God every night. But no matter what, when everyone told her to doubt, yeah. she said, God told me to believe and God told me to stand. And I watched her stand and I watched her believe. And you know what I learned? I learned faith. Yeah. And what I began to realize is that my life is the product of the faith of those who have gone before me. Yeah, yeah. My life has been shaped by the faith of the fathers and mothers that God has yeah. put in our lives. Yeah. I think of Bishop Robert Daniels and, yeah. and the legacy of faith. I'll, I'll never forget seeing him when his daughter, his daughter had this terrible debilitating illness. Yeah. They only knew how to call it cyclical vomiting. They didn't even have a name for yeah. it. And it would happen every few months where she would just be vomiting and vomiting and vomiting and vomiting for days. Yeah. And they should be hospitalized and, and they just constant IVs. Yeah. And he would just go lock himself in his room and pray all night and all day and all night and all day and all night. He just would not stop. Yeah. And I remember calling him one day and he said, he sounded excited. Wow. And I said, what's going on? He said, my daughter's got that cyclical vomiting thing again. And he said, I prayed all night last night and I prayed all day today and she's still sick. There's no change. But the Lord showed me that the devil can't resist my faith for more than three days. The longest the devil can resist my faith is 21 days. So even if I have to pray for 21 days yeah. to break this, I'm going to pray for 21 days. Yeah. And he hung up the phone and went back to his prayer closet and prayed all night again. I called him the next day. I said, what's going on? He said, it broke. She's fine. And it only took two days. He said, that devil was so weak, it couldn't even withstand my faith for three days. Yeah. Amen. He prayed for 48 hours before the thing broke and said, that was short. The devil was weak. If I had to pray for 48 <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, it took so long. Yeah. But you know what I see in that? Yeah. There's a legacy of faith. Yeah. Yeah. So I want that kind of faith. Yeah. I want that kind of faith. Yeah. And so when I reach for him, I'm reaching for his faith. Yeah. When I reach for my mother, I'm reaching for her faith. When yeah. I reach for my father, I'm reaching for his faith. Yeah. When I remember what I received, I remember the faith. You see, often we, wow. we, we reach for the wrong things. Yeah, yeah. I want your knowledge. No, not the knowledge, the faith. Yes. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the revealed things belong to us yeah. and to our children yes. forever. Wow. Which means that whatever God reveals to the yeah. generation of the fathers yeah. belongs to the generation of the wow. sons. Wow. It means that whatever God has revealed, That's so good. he revealed yeah. it not just to one person. He reveals it to generations. Wow. It's to be stewarded for generations. And so that stewardship of the faith that has been wow. handed down from generation to generation, that is the core of who we are. And this is the core of everything that we teach wow. and everything that we believe. I mean, if you, think about, if you think about who we are as living hope, at the core is the Abba teaching. Mm. And what is that Abba teaching? The Abba teaching, that core revelation that really has been at the core of our house since 2008 when God first gave it to me. Yeah. And by the way, he didn't just give it to me in a vacuum, yeah. but I was in the classroom of Pastor Mike Perkinson at that time in, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, yeah. receiving the heritage of faith from him. Yeah. And, at, and at that moment, he, he made a statement that exploded in my spirit. And for three hours, I just, I just sat there. I couldn't hear anything else. And I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. You know what I wrote? The entire Abba construct. Yeah came home and, and grabbed the staff and said, we need to do a retreat. Planned a retreat four weeks later, 
<laughs> and taught all day Saturday up at Mount Hermon yep. in 2008. Yep. Taught all the way through it from beginning to end, all day long, all four sessions. And it was crazy. We had powerful altar calls yep. at the end of every session. Yep. People got set free. My own father said he got set free. My wife said she got set free. I got set free. There was yeah. so much freedom that day. But that poured a foundation mm. of revelational truth yeah. that's simultaneously so simple yeah. that even the smallest child can grasp it. Yeah. But yet so profound that it can change the life Yep. of even the most spiritually mature yep. father of the faith. Yep. And that simple truth that's at the core of who we are is this. You were created not to do something for God. Yeah. Not to become something for God, but to be the object of God's love. Yeah. That is, God created you because he had a surplus of love that needed an object. And that particular expression of love that existed in the heart of God yeah. was specifically formed for a being that did not yet exist. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm going to have to make someone that fits this particular expression of love because I need someone to give this to. And he created you specifically yeah. for that unique expression of love. Wow. And here's the crazy part. When Paul talks about the length of God's love, there in Ephesians chapter 3, where he talks about the height and breadth and depth and width of God's love, or the length of God's love. When he speaks about the length of, of God's love, he's speaking about the lineage of God's love. Yeah. Because God's love did not simply encounter you in a room all by yourself. Mm. If you think about when you first encountered the love of God, mm. it came through a person. Mm. There were inter and maybe it came through multiple people. There were interactions with people yeah. that opened your heart to receive the love of God. Yeah. Which means those people were interacted by people. Yeah. Yeah. And those people interacted with people who were yeah. carriers of God's love. Yeah. And those people interacted with people. If you could trace the lineage of love, it goes back thousands of years. Wow, yes. All the way back to Abraham, wow, that yeah. lineage of love has traveled through nations and through historical eras and yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, traveled yeah. through the time of the patriarchs and it traveled into Egypt and the, God, and the love of God traveled into through slavery in Egypt. It traveled with Moses into the, the Jordan River. I mean, into the, the Nile River and it traveled with him into the wilderness of Sinai and it traveled with the, the Israelites through the wilderness and it, it traveled into the promised land and it traveled to Bethlehem where yeah, Jesus yeah, was born and yeah. it went down to Egypt when he was a baby and yeah. it came back and it, it's gone through the ages. It, it yeah. came through the patristic era and it went it traveled through even the dark ages and wow. it traveled through the Reformation wow, and wow. it traveled through the 17th through the Enlightenment and, wow. and it traveled all the way through the 20th century to one day that love that traveled for thousands of years, bam, it encountered your life. Yes. It's a lineage of love. Yes. It didn't start with you. It didn't start with me. And it's not going to stop with you. And it's not going to stop with me. Yes. We are a living legacy yes. of divine love. Yes. Amen. That is who we are. So good. And so today I have an announcement to make. And that announcement is simply this. That this series has not simply been about God rebranding you yeah. as an individual. Yeah. 
This series has been about God rebranding us yeah. as a community. community yeah. And today, God is rebranding our church. He is giving us a new name. And just as he spoke to Abram and said, Abram, you are Abraham. And just as he spoke to Sarah and said, Sarai, you are Sarah. Yeah. And just as he spoke to Jacob and said, Jacob, you are Israel. Yeah. And just as Jacob spoke over Benoni and said, Benoni, you are Benjamin. Today, God speaks to us and says, living hope, you are lineage. Amen. It's not theoretical. We just changed the name of our church right now. From today forward, the name of our church is lineage. We are lineage. We are a living legacy, a legacy of faith. God is renaming us and rebranding us and he is renaming us and he is rebranding us to prepare us and to position us yeah. for greater relevance and greater effectiveness and greater fruitfulness for the years to come. He's positioning us. Now, I have this image in my mind that I want to just unpack for you for a minute. If you watched the SpaceX rocket launch, there was one system that launched that lifted the rocket from the ground. But that system that lifted the rocket from the ground was not able to take it all the way to its destination at the International Space Center. Mm. All it could do is take it to the edge of the atmosphere of the Earth. But once it got there, that system had to turn off, and it had to disengage and fall away. Because there was another system underneath it yeah. that was already there that could not fire until the first system fell away. Wow. This is what happens with many churches and many organizations. is you get to a place where your current system can't take you any further than you've already gone, yeah. but instead of discarding it, and allowing the new system to fire, you hold on to what has been. Yeah. You hold on to what has gotten you to where you are. Yeah. The Living Hope brand has carried us for 17 years. Wow. In January, we're going to celebrate 17 years as a church. Yeah. The Living Hope brand took us through many dangerous toils yes. and snares. Yes. And even the sons and daughters brand yes. of our San Francisco campus yeah. has carried us for the last four years. Yeah. And has just as the Living Hope brand has shaped our community, the sons and daughters brand has shaped our community yeah. in San Francisco. Yeah. But now it's time for us to lay both of those brands to rest. Wow. It's time for both of those systems to disengage wow. and to fall away. And now there's one system yeah. that is firing. Wow. And we just fired the engine up right now, the lineage system. And I was watching that SpaceX launch. And when that first system disengaged, literally, they shut off the power. Wow. And the fire that was coming shut off. Wow. Sometimes God shuts off the fire to let you know that it's time to disengage that system. Wow. Wow. Sometimes the, the way that you think the fire is going to come, it comes from a different place wow. than you thought. Wow. Yeah. 
They're up. They're they're they were traveling at nearly nine thousand kilometers per hour, wow. and all of a sudden the system shuts off. The power shuts off. Wow. The fire shuts down. And then they said disengage, and they pushed a button, and that system fell off. And then they said engage, and they pushed another button, and all of a sudden that second system it just exploded. But it was a different kind of fire. Wow. It was a deeper fire. Wow. It was a bluer fire. Wow. It was a hotter fire. Yeah. It was a stronger fire. And all of a sudden, they went from 9,000 kilometers a second wow. to 26,000 wow. kilometers a second. Wow. It took them all the way up to 17,600 miles per hour. Mercy. That's crazy. Wow. You're talking about when that second system fired, all of a sudden there was an exponential acceleration wow. that was designed to take them all the way to their destination. What wow. I'm saying to you today is that as we are letting that Living Hope brand disengage and fall away, this new system that God has given us in this new name is getting ready to start to fire. We've just turned on the engine and there's going to be an acceleration Wow. of fruitfulness, Amen. an acceleration of productivity, an acceleration of excellence, yes. an acceleration of discipleship yes. that's going to exponentially increase our kingdom effectiveness wow. and take us all the way to our destination, which means that God knew something that we didn't know. Hmm. And what we didn't know is that every day of the last 16 years plus 10 months, or 11 months, 16 years, yeah. 11 months, yeah. 16 years, 10 months, 29 days, yeah. <laughs> has been to prepare us for this moment. Amen, yes. That we're gonna cross over this Jordan. Wow. We're going to inherit the land that God promised us. Amen. And the land that God promised us is fruitfulness. Mm -hmm. Sons and daughters generations to come mm. to whom we will entrust the legacy of faith wow. that God has entrusted to us. Wow. Living Hope and Soda, you are lineage. Amen. Amen. Wow. wow. Just in your house, give God a hand clap. Can you do that? Now listen, we've got a lot to show you today. We've got a lot to share with you and we're gonna come back and we're gonna pray in a moment. But before we do, I wanna show you just a short video that, uh, a short video that just, that just gives you just a taste yeah. of what the Lineage brand is all about and yeah. what we represent as a people. Uh, Amen? Amen. Beyond the boundaries of time. Unconfined to the limits of space. God who reigns is truly among us. And in his presence, there is no brokenness that cannot be mended. There is no darkness that cannot be overcome. We are his sons and daughters who hunger for his glory revealed. We are his sons and daughters who hear him say, don't be afraid. Just believe. We are his sons and daughters of every tribe, every tongue, every language who prophesy in his name. We claim the things that are and dream of things to come. His kingdom. The reality of His being. Manifested upon the earth. And by His Spirit we cry. Abba, Father. We carry the mantle of those who have gone before us. That great cloud of witnesses. And run with patient endurance for those yet to come. 
This is our heritage. This is our destiny. This is our lineage. This is our lineage. This is our lineage. This is our lineage. Our lineage. Our lineage. Our lineage. This is our lineage. think guys what do you think I'm so excited I know for some of you this might be a shock for some of you this might be hard to hear maybe even for some of you because I mean it's just happening for you in a day Um, it didn't happen for me in a day the Lord started to stir my heart with this uh, last year I started to have conversation with with key leaders in the church with our elders and with our trustees and and with, with our, our staff, and, and uh, it was an emotional journey, honestly, yeah. because it was like the process of leaving Emeryville. Yeah. You know, the whole idea of leaving Emeryville for El Cerrito, I remember just driving through Emeryville and weeping because yeah. we've, we've planted roots here and we've, we've committed ourselves here. Yeah. And it's so hard sometimes, but that is the Abrahamic journey. Wow. That's how Abraham felt about Haran. Yep. Moving with and the Lord right. said, get up out of your father's house mm. and go to the place I'll show you. Mm. And Abraham had to be willing to let go of what was yesterday wow. in order to embrace what is tomorrow. Wow. And that's where God is calling us. Mm. This is also a powerful force of unity between our two campuses. Yes. No longer will one campus have one name and another campus have another name. This, or both of our campuses will now have the same name and every future campus yeah. will have the same name wow. as well. This is who we are. Yeah. We are lineage. Not only that, we're not even gonna name our SF campus Lineage SF. We're sim- it's simply lineage. You can delineate which campus you go to by saying, I go to the SF campus. I go to the El Cerrito campus. But the name of our church is Lineage. Amen. And so I just believe this is, this is such a powerful moment. It's an emotional moment. And uh, I just believe that this is going to blast us off into a new place of fruitfulness mm-hmm. and a new place of effectiveness for the kingdom. I want to see if there's any questions here uh, because we have one more thing. Uh, we want to show you really quickly, yeah. um, just a, just a little highlight reel, just to kind of give you just an image of the the faces and and the pictures of of just this is just another simple representation of who we are as a house, and this should get you hyped because it got me hyped when I saw it. I just want to give sh- a shout out to Chris and and Pastor Daniel and the team for and oh and Nicole. Nicole wrote the the, the Nicole wrote the the script for that last video you just saw. Isn't it powerful? Every time I watch yeah. it, I just want to cry. Yeah. Because it's so it's so clear. It's but yeah. anyway, watch this this clip this uh, this slideshow real quick, and then I'll come right back. Yes. Amen. 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 So as I told you, today was more of an announcement than it was a sermon. Uh, there doesn't need to be an altar call, but if you don't know Jesus, you can still receive Him as your Lord and Savior. 
And um, listen, we just love each and every one of you. We're so full of expectation. Um, man, I want to interact here, If anybody, but everybody's just so excited here. I'm seeing this in the chat. And uh, oh, more. also the, the Lineage website is now live, right? Yep. And it's going to be built out more and more in the days to come. So if it doesn't work perfectly, don't, don't get upset, you know, but you can go to lineage.us. That link is going to be dropped into the chat right now. Lineage.us, L-I-N-E-A-G-E dot U-S, lineage.us, because that's who we are, lineage.us. That is our new website. And so check it out. And, uh, you know, let's get excited about this. We got merch coming. There's t-shirts coming. There's sweatshirts coming. Uh, eventually, we're going to have hats. Uh, we have all kinds of ideas for, for uh, you know, I'm not going to drop any more because <laughs> some of this stuff the staff doesn't know about yet. But, but there definitely is t-shirts and, and uh, sweatshirts and um, merch. Oh, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff coming. So, uh, man, when we, when we go into our new building in El Cerrito and when we relaunch in SF, like when it's time for those things. Yeah. It's just going to be, I just believe God's going to do a powerful thing. Amen. I'm truly believing God for revival, yes. for an outpouring of his spirit, and for harvest of souls. Amen. Amen.